Welcome to the first episode of the Well-Regulated Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Adams, and today is going to be hopefully a truly a first intro episode. Um, We're not going to be diving into a lot of the content that we usually will be, uh, but today we're just going to talk about where the idea for the Well-Regulated Podcast came from, where I want this to go, and some different segments I'm hoping to be able to run uh, moving forward. So, Hopefully this is going to be beneficial to our listeners to kind of see if this is something that is going to be exciting for them to listen to. And I hope that it is as exciting for you guys as it is for me. Um, So without further ado, let's get started. So this idea for this podcast came out of the whole quote unquote pandemic um, mentality of different things. So as we were sitting around, I was thinking about how many things that we as a society weren't really ready for or prepared for. So, you know, I started looking and started to understand um, and and read about some different things that I, I thought were going to be important to know about. And one of the words that stuck out to me that I feel like is often um, not well understood is the the words well-regulated. So I get this definition from constitutioncenter.org, and you'll have to bear with me a little bit. Uh, I have never done anything like this before as far as the tech part of it, so there's going to be a lot of learning experiences along with um, this whole process. So I'm definitely excited about the learning process, but so when I say I'm going to put these links in the show notes, um hoping I can figure that out. So if I don't figure it out today, I will figure it out uh, for the future. Uh, But this uh, comes from constitutioncenter.org, and this is the definition of what it means to be well-regulated. So well-regulated in the 18th century tended to mean something like well-organized, well-armed, and well-disciplined. And it didn't mean regulation in the sense that we use it now. Uh, It's not that, it's not about the regulatory state. So there's been a nuance there that I feel like we haven't understood. So it means the militia was ineffective in shape to fight. Um, Or was ineffective shape to fight, I should say. Uh, In other words, it didn't mean that the state was controlling the militia in a certain way, but rather that the the militia was prepared to do its duty. Um, This is referring to the Second Amendment, obviously, a well-regulated militia. But I'm referring to just the words well-regulated. So I started to look and I realized that a lot of, a lot of people out there I wouldn't consider well-regulated, myself included. Um, so, I mean, one of the big things I really want is I want to be able to uh, become a well-regulated individual. I want to get well-regulated and I want to stay well-regulated. And to me, you know, being in effective shape to fight or, or being prepared to do my duty um, in case anything would ever happen in this world, it made me realize that there were, in my opinion, there are four fundamental things that we need to have to be well-regulated. Those four things are what I call the four Fs. They are food, fitness, firearms, and frame of mind. Um, So those are going to be our main topics for this podcast. It's going to be, you know, all about, you know, what types of good food to eat to keep your body in in good health, Um, how to, you know, we're probably going to do some things with recipes of the week. Um, We're going to talk about fitness and what types of things it's going to be to keep your body in shape. Uh, And then on top of that, we're going to talk about firearms because, you know, a well-regulated militia, we need to have um, uh, good training and not just own a firearm, but actually know how to use it and actually understand what that means. Um, 
And the last thing is we have to be, we have to have the right frame of mind. And that's going to be a kind of a catch-all for, for different things. But um, whether it be prepping, whether it be uh, the frame of mind to use your, your neighbors as far as a team mentality or, you know, whatever, or even some, we'll get into some politics and some different things. And that'll be under that, uh, that F so to speak. So the four F's food, fitness, firearms, and frame of mind is really the, the whole purpose of well-regulated, uh, the well-regulated podcast. And that's my hope to be able to be able to combine those things and be really able to, uh, talk about talk about utilizing those things to become a well-regulated individual, and that's that's my goal. We're gonna have we're gonna have guests on the show. We're gonna have interviews. We're gonna have all sorts of fun things. Um, there's gonna be some video links as time goes on, where not only are we gonna be talking about fitness and food, but I'm hoping to be able to bring those things to you via a video link. So we'll do a video and then we'll talk about it in a podcast. Um, I think that's gonna be a great a great way to kind of combine all of this. Eventually, you know, we'll have have a website built for this. And for now, we'll be communicating via via, um, social media. And there'll be social media page, which again, if I can figure out how to do show notes, they will be in the show notes. Uh, So so let's get started with uh, some different things, some definitions of different things. So um, food, I, I really feel like part of this came about whenever it was you know, you have a lot of a lot of people out there that are during this whole podcast or during this whole uh, pandemic. They they said, you know, oh well, you know, let the government come take my guns and let them do this, let them do that. And I realized that a lot of those a lot of those people, and we're probably going to step on some toes here, but a lot of those people, um, they don't eat well and they're not physically fit. Those people were. Those people would, you know, if you asked them to run a half a mile, they probably couldn't do it. Um, yeah, they might be a great shot, but you know, if it came to any long-term anything, they wouldn't be in the, the good physical fitness shape to be able to do it. Or because of that, they probably don't eat healthy, which is another important part of this, this entire mentality of being well-regulated. Um, so healthy eating is going to be one portion of one of the things we're going to talk about now. Um, today I'm going to talk a little bit about something real simple just because it's the first episode. I don't want to get involved too much in a a really complicated recipe or any type of food prepping or anything like that. But, um, my wife actually does a lot of, I'm excited to have her on the show at some point because she does a lot of, um, gardening and homesteading and she's brilliant when it comes to, uh, knowing, you know, what to plant when and where and how, and I have no idea. Like you give me a a seed and I'll, uh, it probably won't even ever sprout because I'm, I'm that good at growing things. So, but she is fantastic at that type of thing. So she, um, she's definitely a great, um, a great, a great wife, but a great, uh, person to have in my, in my field of, of my world, because she's able to, to help me learn some of that stuff and help me able to do some of that stuff. Um, and that's, you know, that's just a great passion that she has that I appreciate. And I'm excited to have her on the show at some point and be able to talk a little bit about that. But we're going to talk a little bit about this recipe. And this is just a really general, basic recipe uh, for food prepping vegetables. So one of the things we like to do in our house is we like to basically food prep a bunch of vegetables to be able to have them on hand at any given time. Because if you don't have those vegetables or don't have those healthy foods right in front of you whenever you're hungry more than likely you're going to jump into what I call the carb closet um, or the pantry, as most people refer to it. And you're going to look for something in there, something that's really easy to quick, 
quickly grab or, you know, throw in the microwave and eat. And it's just something that I, I don't really feel is the best option. So if you have vegetables on hand that you can eat at any point in time, it's a great thing. So I'm not going to talk about raw vegetables right now. Um, we're going to talk about how to cook vegetables that you can then utilize for, you know, days afterwards. So now there are, is the really convenient option of steaming in a bag. In our house, we're not a huge fan of the microwave, so we try and stay away from those. But it is a good option for a lot of people that if they just keep a lot of those steam in a bag options around, they can just throw them in the microwave and, and be able to um, just have vegetables on hand very quickly. And I think that's, again, the big, the big thing to get out of this is we want to have stuff that we can have on hand quickly um, and be able to eat and be healthy because we'll get into the differences at some point of why, why refined carbohydrates and sugars and things like that are actually not good for your body and why they're going to take you down a hole of not being the healthiest person and not having the stamina you need. Now, at some point, you want to eat those vet, those those refined carbohydrates or complex carbohydrates, either one, those grain-based carbs, because they are going to be beneficial to you. But in the beginning, when we're talking about just, you know, getting off the couch and, and getting out there and starting to eat correctly, carbs are going to be your enemy. At some point, they will be your friend. But we have to work through that to be to at a point where, you know, we're utilizing carbohydrates for energy in the right way. Um, however, most of us don't use them in the right way currently. And eventually, like I said, it's going to catch up with you. So in the beginning, I just like to teach the importance of, um, of vegetables and, and having them on hand. So one of the recipes we use all the time is we actually keep frozen vegetables on hand quite often, especially through the winter. And what we do is we literally take a big old baking sheet. We turn all of our ovens to 375. We have a, a double oven in the house, so that's convenient. Um, and it's not one of the double full-size double ovens. It's one of those like you know, countertop ones that are like have a real tiny one and then a, a bigger, um, a bigger oven. So we have three trays essentially that we can use. So we take three, um, three baking sheets. We cover them in parchment paper because I hate cleaning baking sheets and parchment paper keeps that cleanup process way easier. And we basically just dump bags of vegetables on the parchment paper. Um, now if you're not using frozen vegetables, the only difference is you just cut the vegetables and throw them on the baking sheet, right? So that's the only difference. Um, from there, we turn all both of our ovens to 375, and we basically spray some, uh, we use spray-on ghee. It's G-H-E-E. It's like refined, uh, uh, refined, I don't think it's the right word, but it's, uh, it's a form of butter. Uh, essentially, it just takes all the, the bad stuff out of butter. Um, butter's pretty healthy for you in general, but... Um, takes all the, the, the bad stuff out and I'm forgetting the word that I'm trying to remember. But anyway, so we take a spray form of ghee and, uh, we spray it on the vegetables. We sprinkle a little bit of salt, pepper, and then some other random spice. And we throw that in the oven. And usually depending on the vegetable and the density of it, whether it's broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, asparagus, um, green beans, whatever. Um, we cook them for about 20 to 25 minutes. You come out and you have three baking sheets full of vegetables and that's going to last you and I mean, for my wife and I, for both of us in the house where we eat a lot of vegetables, it lasts us for uh, probably about the better portion of two thirds of a week. So about five days um, is what that lasts us. And that's, that's been really beneficial for us just to be able to have that so quickly so that we can have a very nutrient dense food as far as vegetables are concerned. Now we also do the same thing for meat. We'll get into that a different day. Um, like I said, I want to stick with one recipe at a time. So um, for vegetables, like I said, this is what we do. 375, 
20 to 25 minutes on a baking sheet with parchment paper, salt, pepper, ghee, and some other spice, depending on what it is. Pull it out, we put it in some some Pyrex containers and throw it in the oven or throw it in the refrigerator, and then we have it, you know, just to grab and go as we please. Um, it's just been a very, very easy uh, method to have vegetables on hand all the time. So that's something that we've used. Hopefully you guys can benefit from that. Um, and uh, that's something that we hope that, you know, everyone can can kind of utilize and at least to it, to some extent. Um, so moving on to the fitness aspect of things today, uh, I just want to describe a lot of the things we're going to be talking about are going to be based in functional fitness. So yeah, you can go out and you can lift a bunch of weight, but you don't really need to for functional fitness. Yeah, it's going to help you if you want to do that. And I'm not going to say don't do it, but a big focus of this is going to be what can you do in your house that you don't need a lot of equipment for, or you can use very minimal equipment for, and still get in really, really great shape to stay what we call functionally fit. Now, fun- functional fitness is, um, I would say it's it's basically, it's going to be a classification of training that lets your body prepare for real life movements. So it's not something that, like I said, you don't need to be able to go out and, and deadlift 400 pounds. You don't need to be, you don't need the fanciest equipment. You just need to be able to um, do activities and movements like uh, squatting, reaching, pulling, pushing, lifting, um, just general things that are going to help you in your everyday life. Um, I think that's going to be the important part of functional fitness. So we're going to focus on a lot of things like um, push-ups, sit-ups, uh, squats, running, um, you know, different things with like a kettlebell because you can do a lot with a kettlebell or even some dumbbells and and having things be just very, very simple and not needing, you know, 300 pounds of weights and an Olympic bar and all these things. Now, I love doing that kind of exercise, but it's not something that the general person might have access to. So we really want to make sure that we we uh, are doing this for the general public, that they can take advantage of some of these things and be able to uh, utilize them. So um, the workout of the week, uh, we're, you know, it's Memorial Day weekend um, and and it's not just about the long weekend as our wonderful vice president has just quoted on one of her social media platforms that just said to enjoy the long weekend. And I really hope that she gets berated for that, honestly, because we have to remember that Memorial Day weekend is remembering all of our vets that have died on the battlefield. Um, that's just something that we really need to take time and remember. Um, and that's what the weekend's about, not the long weekend. That's a terrible thing for the, uh, in my opinion, the vice president to say on social media um, and not mention one word about our, our uh, brave men and women who have died on the battlefield. Um, so today we're going to talk about our workout of the week being the Murph. Um, and I just want to talk a little bit about the story of Lieutenant Murphy, uh, Michael Murphy. Uh, he was an avid adherent of CrossFit. And this is actually on a great website. Um, it's just a CrossFit website, um, but it gives a really good synopsis of who he was. And I don't want to take a lot of time to to dive into it because we could probably talk for a really long time. But um, I just want to keep this short and sweet. Uh, he deserves so much more, but uh, in the essence of time, we have to kind of keep it a little bit short. So this is on CrossFitBarrington.com's website, and uh, it's actually the story behind Murph. So Lieutenant Murphy was an avid adherent uh, of CrossFit. And after his death, one of his favorite workouts was named after him. The workout, which he referred to as the body armor workout, is now called the Murph. Uh, he would wear a 20-pound vest, and instead of 
body armor because it was just a weighted vest. And he would do one mile followed by 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, followed by another mile. And that was done for time. And he would do this workout, um, quite often. Uh, so Lieutenant Murphy was, he was killed in action, uh, June 28, 2005 after exposing himself to enemy fire and knowingly leaving his position of cover to get a clear signal in order to communicate with his headquarters. He provided his unit's location and requested immediate support for his element and then returned to his position to continue fighting until he died from his wounds. So he sacrificed his life for his team. Um, so we do this workout in remembrance of Lieutenant Murphy. Um, it is a grueling workout. It's a tough workout. I don't recommend you just jump into doing it, but in honor of Memorial Day and Lieutenant Murphy, we are going to have it as our workout of the week. Even if you only want to do a half Murph, uh, go out and run a half a mile and do 50 pull-ups, 100, or, yeah, 100 push-ups and 150 squats, or do any variation of it. Break it down. and um, I think it's just important to do something and understand what that is, um, what it feels like to do that workout and understand that you're doing it for the um, for our vets and in memorial of that. And if you can get involved with a local uh, CrossFit gym and be able to do it, a lot of them do it for charity. And if you can donate to charity f- to be able to do the workout for charity, it's, it's an even, um, it's an even cooler experience. So that's the workout of the week. Um, again, we want to remember our vets this weekend who have passed away in battle, have died in battle and um, just something we want to keep on our, on our minds this week weekend. And remember, it's not just about the Monday off. Um, so next up firearms, uh, we're not going to, uh, most of my content is probably going to end up somehow working around firearms some way, shape or form. Um, so I don't want to beat this one today. Uh, one of the things I really just want to say is right now that obviously if you have anything to do with firearms, you know, that there's an ammo shortage. Um, it is no mystery, um, that, that, that that is a thing that is happening. And one of the things I want to say is, in an ammo shortage, you can still do a lot of good, right? You can still do a lot of good training. Um, you know, you can get those little laser bullets and the mana system and all these different things that allow you to do some dry practice training, but you don't even need any of that. Really, you can actually just dry practice in your house, um, especially if, uh, if, you know, ammo is, is short. The only thing you're not going to be able to do is recoil control. So, um, it's just something that you can do at home. A lot of, a lot, like I said, a lot of you guys out there probably have a lot of experience with firearms, but if you don't, make sure that you didn't just buy a gun and you shoved it under your bed and hoped that you never needed it. I mean, I hope I never need it, but um, I at least want to know how to use it if I do have to, ever need to use it. Um, there's 5 million-ish new gun owners in, the, in America right now, and um, yeah, that's, that's part of the big issue. If you think about that, 500 million new gun owners... If they each buy 100 rounds of ammo, that's 500 million rounds of ammunition that was not needed um, before the pandemic. So it's one of those things where you you take that you take that influx in the supply chain. Um, not only are we having trouble getting the products for ammunition, but now we have a 500 million, um, at least 500 million uh, more demand, units of demand for the, the ammunition industry. It just makes a really, uh, a really interesting uh, economics lesson, uh, so to speak. So just remember that if, uh, if you're, if you're thinking about that and why and getting frustrated over it, I mean, there is a reason for it. And I'm very happy that, you know, a lot of people have, have, um, been utilizing their second amendment rights. However, just really keep in mind that with that comes a duty and a responsibility to know how to use it. If you're going to use it safely. Um, 
I'm all for people going, you know, and just going and shooting paper at the range, but I feel like you should be, uh, going and taking courses and training and doing different things, um, to understand, um, the mental aspect of, of firearms training. And some of that we'll get into uh, in the weeks to come for sure, because I think it's going to be very important for people to understand what that actually means. Um, so for now, uh, just get out and do some dry practice. You can do that in your house. Um, couple things, you know, obviously make sure the firearm's unloaded, make sure you don't point it at anything that you don't want to destroy. Um, make sure that your finger's off the trigger until you are ready to dry practice and make sure you understand what's beyond your target. I really don't want anyone to have a negligent discharge while doing dry practice. So make sure that you're going through these steps to make sure your firearm is unloaded. I tell people don't even have ammunition in the room with them whenever they are doing dry practice drill. And whenever you're done dry practicing, you actually make an announcement that says, I am finished dry practicing out loud. It's, I know it sounds silly, but it's a really, really big thing to declare that for your, your mental space, the people around you, everything. And then when you're done, you're done. You don't get it back out to, to dry practice unless you announce that you're doing it again and which you are you know, unloading and everything like that. But basically dry practice is picking a, I like to put a, like tape a target to the wall um, because that way it's not something that's fixed. Um, I've heard a lot of horror stories where people dry practice on a light switch and, uh, you know, next thing you know, they, they come home and they don't think about it and they, they are putting their, taking their, their concealed carry off for the day and they go to dry practice on that light switch and their gun is loaded this time and they didn't think about it. But because they, it was ingrained in their head that they always dry practice on that light switch, they didn't think about it that one time. Um, and then you get a negligent, negligent discharge and, um, it's not accidental, it's negligence. So that's my feeling about that. Um, and at that point, uh, you know, you, you hope and pray that, um, no one was in the vicinity of that. And it's just something that you really want to be sure of whenever you are doing some dry practice drills. Um, so I like to tape a target to the wall or even just put a piece of tape on the wall and use it so I can take it down later. And that way it's never there whenever I'm not dry practicing. So that's just a really good um, small piece of information that hopefully you guys can utilize whenever you're doing that. And basically, you know, you're just literally practicing handling your firearm, whether it be pulling the pulling the trigger, um, whether it be, you know, holstering and unholstering, whether it be um, doing, you know, dry reloads, whatever it may be. Um, you just want to get familiar with your handgun or your, your rifle. Um, and again, it's called dry practice because there is no ammunition around. So that's something that's important to remember, but that would be my recommendation for anyone that's struggling finding, um, finding ammunition and anyone that, especially anyone that is new to the firearms world. Um, hopefully I'm going to be able to get some, some really cool videos out there of, of training with, uh, different individuals in the area. Um, we're in Northern Colorado, by the way. And if anyone wants, anyone knows anyone in the Northern Colorado, uh, world that want to, um, want to do any interviews or do any training or anything like that, um, we'll have them. I'll, I'll, again, if I can figure it out, put everything in the show notes and you guys can email me, um, or reach out to me on social media. We'll have all those links, um, in the description and you can, uh, you can reach out and let us know if you have anyone that need, would like to be on the show or anything like that. I would love to have them. Um, so yeah, I really hope to, to get some basic training out there uh, in video format. And that way I can link some of the podcasting shows to the video format. And then you guys can actually see what it's like to do some training out there. I mean, we try and get out several times a year um, to facilities that are 
not local. Um, we go all the way to um, Nevada to train. We've gone to Pennsylvania to train. We've gone a couple different places to train, and we can train right here in our, our backyard if we want to, which is um, where a lot of my non-regimented training is. It's more uh, just practicing the things that I've learned throughout the year at those other locations. Um, but I think it's very important to, to make sure you're doing that on a f- pseudo-regular basis. Um, and in the ammo shortage, you know, be uh, just be aware of what you're doing and be very um, practical in your in your drills. You know, you don't need to shoot, you know, s- six shots or a full mag downrange um, to practice sh- shooting. I mean, if you practice two shots, usually that's enough to understand how recoil management, um, practice your reloads, practice different things to be able to do that. But getting off on a rabbit trail, um, we'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. Uh, I could talk about that kind of stuff for a while. Um, so the last part, uh, being frame of mind, um, like I said, this is kind of a catch-all, um, that we just kind of can kind of talk about whatever we want, whenever we want. Um, you know, in today's world, there's so many different things that are going on. Um, it, it can be anything from politics to, um, to mutual assistance groups, other things. That's one of the things I want to touch on today is, um, mutual assistance groups. So MAGs, as sometimes they're referred to, are really groups of people that you know or are close to that have different sets of skills. So I like to be involved in a lot of different things. So I'm working on figuring out how to food prep, like actual prep, not just prep for the week, but food prep, you know, rice, beans, um, oats, all that kind of stuff, have dry goods, essentially have meal uh, preparedness kits um, in case the food supply goes short. I like to um, like I said, I like to practice with firearms. I like to understand, um, how movement and tactics work. I like to understand how radios work, how communications work. Um, I am by no means an expert in any of these things with the exception of maybe, um, food and fitness. I'm kind of like maybe have a better understanding than most, um, just because of my degrees and, you know, I'm always learning every day. There's always things that people can teach me. Um, but that, you know, that's, that's really, and I'm, like I said, I would say that I'm mediocre at best in those areas. Uh, I'm always, like I said, I'm always willing to learn and talk with people about more of those things. Firearms, I'm a avid firearms user and tactics, you know, learner and all that kind of stuff, but I'm by no means an expert, which is part of the reason why I'm doing this, because not only am I going to be able to learn a lot of things, I'm also going to be able to teach you guys the things that I don't know and the things that maybe you guys don't know. So I'm excited for that aspect of this podcast and be able to be able to teach you guys things, like I said, with the video links and other things. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to be able to work uh, through those things and be able to um, discuss what those different things look like. Um, And then communications, like that's something I really don't know a lot about. I'm really working on that right now. Um, But the, the point of a mutual assistance group is to make connections within your local vicinity, um, within your town, within your neighborhood would be awesome. Um, get together with those people on a monthly basis and just talk about different things. Um, talk about what, you know, have each person present on a different topic and really talk about what you can make it fun. You can have it around a campfire around, you know, having a, having a drink or whatever, and just kind of hang out and just discuss these different things and have it be a friendship that you start to build with, with these individuals. Um, Someday, hopefully never, but someday it really could save your life if you ever would need to. I mean, we're seeing un- like things that just we have never seen before. I almost said unprecedented. <laughs> I'm kind of getting tired of that word, so I didn't want to use it, but 
seriously, in America, we have seen things that are unprecedented, things that we never would have noted before, never would have seen before. Um, and we're seeing them now that, you know, supply chain breakdowns and all sorts of different things and government control and all these things that we really never thought that we would see in our great country. So another one of those things that I feel like we just really need to be um, aware of that they these things exist and maybe talk to um, individuals near but get to know your neighbors. I mean, that's one of the big things that I think is really uh, lost in today's world. We kind of just go into our own little hole, hole slash home and not meet our neighbors and we don't talk to them and we kind of let the the media tell us what is actually going on in the world instead of just going across the street and talking to our neighbors about what's going on in their life. Uh, a lot of times, you know, the things that you start to hear in society in your in your own backyard are not the way the media portrays things. Um, I won't say all the time, but a lot of times. And, and that's why I just pretty much don't even watch the news anymore. Um, I watch just a little bit, just enough to stay aware of what's going on, but I really try not to dive into it um, more than a few minutes a day because it it drives me nuts um, with with what's going on in the world and what they're trying to uh, the division they're trying to create. So it really it really just irritates me. But um, let's see. Those are those are a lot of the things I wanted to talk about today. Like I said, I'm I'm going to keep these hopefully to around 30 minutes unless the interviews start to go longer and we start to get some uh, really good feedback. Um, we might push them out to an hour. I'm going to be doing them um, weekly. And again, I'm going to be learning just as much as you guys are. I'm so excited to learn all these things and then be able to bring that education that I'm learning to you. Um, at the same time, I'm learning it in some cases. So I'm really pumped up to be able to do this podcast and, like I said, be able to share with you guys. Um, hopefully you enjoy it. Again, I'm going to figure out these show notes and put some links in the discussion or in the show notes and you guys can create discussion um, with whatever you want to talk about. If there's anything that's on your mind that you really want to discuss, um, let's talk about it. Let's bring it on the show. Um, if there's anything you guys know that you, any interview people that want to, you know, people that want to be interviewed, um, in the Northern, I mean, not even in the Northern Colorado area, I'll figure out how to do a, uh, interview via, you know, webcast or whatever I need to do. I'll figure it out. But, um, I want to bring as much information to you guys as we can. So with that, uh, I am going to sign off. This is the, this is Sean Adams with the Well-Regulated Podcast. And I look forward to doing this every week for you guys. So have a good night.